Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. All righty. So today is uh, April uh, 20th, uh, 2018. So today is uh, uh, 4-18-2018. <laughs> and uh, it, is, uh, it is me and uh, Sharon. Today is uh, Sharon's uh, sixth and final session of Happily Ever After. And uh, I just want to warn you again, you know, there's a decent chance that I might actually start crying at the end of this one. I get really touched and connected to, like, what really relationships are all about, how simple and beautiful that they really are, even though most of us don't know how to do it. But uh, I'm just warning you ahead of time. I'm a, I probably won't, but I can't guarantee it. I'll get a little misty, you know, maybe. You know? So I'm going to get misty whether tears come out I start leaking or not. That's a whole other story, but... I'm just telling you because that's, I'm so present to how beautiful relationships really are that it's like, it's insane. It's like, if God, I think it's really the greatest thing we've been given, um, you know, um, and I don't know if, if being in the, you know, the, the type of relationship I'm about to describe is it, or, you know, knowing what your life purpose is and fulfilling it. Either or, like, those are the two greatest things that I can think of. And I know we ain't got nothing better than that, because if they do, I mean, God is hiding it from us, you know. So <laughs> he's right. holding it out, keeping it to his damn self. So um, that's what's up with that. So um, so before I go into it at all, uh, you know, my my question is, uh, what did you, what do you get from the uh, last session, uh, from last session to today? Um, okay, so... <laughs> Um, wrote some stuff down. Okay. All right. So recap session five. All right. Out of the five things um, that gets in the way of a great relationship, I noticed that um, I just wrote down not managing emotions, and um, that was something that um, I need to definitely work on, and you know some structural and other breakdowns. Um, yes. And then I noticed that at times, you know, I forget who I am because of neglecting myself. But, I mean, like, overall, I know who I am. I'm just, like, basically neglecting myself. That That's what it, that's the point that I'm at within my life. Um, so I'm trying to check that. And by me writing it down, that means it must have been something I was really seriously thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I did notice I wrote down the biggest causes of miscommunication um, in relationship. Um, I was just jotting down some notes. Um, okay, so it says not knowing who they are. That's my husband because I know who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Lack of understanding, gender differences. Um, I'm pretty much, I pretty much got that. I mean, I've been really reading some, you know, peer-reviewed work and some looking at different information, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm pretty much getting that now. My husband, I mean, if I don't got all of it, my husband ain't got none of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> the structural mm-hmm. and other breakdown. I ain't gonna lie, that still could be the both of us. You know what I mean? Because I'm mm-hmm. still in my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, being controlled by their emotions, I'll say both of us, but my husband mm-hmm. more heavily, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm doing a better job, but, you know, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Um, misunderstanding 
of context, both of us, something we need to work mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. lack of knowledge, that's my husband, 100%. I'm sorry. I ain't got nothing to do with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> the impact of the miscommunication, the whole shebang, that's what I wrote down. I mean, mm-hmm. loss of trust, loneliness. Um, these are just name a few that is definitely on my heart. Anger, confusion, shock, um, mm-hmm. jealousy. He's like, he's thinking that I'm jealous of him, which he's jealous of me because I don't have anything to be jealous of him about. I mean, mm. he's moving real funny. Everything he does goes to the left. I mean, mm. like, he doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out, so I'm trying to figure out. I mean, he mm. really feels like, I mean, he's passionate when he says that. I'm jealous of him. And I'm like, is this guy on the right planet? Like, I don't understand what in the world mm. can I possibly be jealous of. I mean, he doesn't have anything. If it the clothes on his back, was, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't even have it. So mm. I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about, but... Okay, that's something else. Um, eliminating triggers from unfulfilled expectations. I mean, it's like this. I don't even have any expectations from my husband anymore. You know, before I used to be like, oh, God, a little bit of money he gives me. Maybe I could just, you know, get some toilet paper, laundry detergent, or, you know, maybe pay a little $30 phone bill or something. But other than that, man, I don't even have those expectations anymore because he's just at zero. It's like he can't do anything for me to help me do anything at this point. Not even my husband, my my son had to come over here and see that the light bulb was out, and he's real tall, and he went and bought a light bulb at the corner store and just changed it out. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. And it, he was like, "How long has it been like that?" He was like, "Please don't tell me more than forty-eight hours." And then I was like, "Oh, for like five days now." And he's like, "That makes him mad. Like that's just sorry. You know what I mean?" And then part two of that is making and keeping agreements. I mean, try to negotiate, you know, with him. I get the cold shoulder. Um, but then he tries to tell me that I never discuss anything, but he's lying because he said it to me the other day, the same night, I think it was Tuesday night when we had the call, you know, he was yelling and screaming and making all this noise and stuff. And I'm like, I did tell you I wanted to move out to the suburbs, back to the suburbs in Snellville. Um, I sat down with you with a notebook. I, I, I was formal with him, informal. I was trying to do, do all different type of ways of communication, but he would turn the TV up and just ignore me or just, you know, be like, yeah, whatever. And then he's going to tell me to my face I'm a liar saying that I never told him I wanted to go to Snellville, back to Snellville, mm-hmm. and he knows that where we're living at is not adequate in the first place. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I can't believe that he's saying this. Like, after after that, I had to totally just put my earbuds in and cut him off and I was outside for, like, two hours. I was talking to you guys and just sitting out there talking to Dan. And, you know, it's just like, yo, this kid, this guy is tripping, you know. And um, I don't know. But, um, you know, I try to help him. But once he gets distracted, um, he basically just tells me to, you know, F off. You know what I'm saying? That's how I'm feeling. And I, I basically um, summed him up. I'm like, yo, he's a user and a manipulator. And the only time he tries to show me off is when he's trying to show off in front of his friends when, you know, he feels like things are going good, you know, if it's just for the moment, whether he got a decent paycheck or, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, there's beer stocked up in the house or I just went to the grocery store, he got a couple dollars in his pocket, he might go out that night with his buddies. But if things aren't the way that he wants them to be, then I'm the beast. Got it. I ain't, I ain't feeling that no more. I had enough of that. <laughs> I'm ready to move on to bigger and better things. I have just too much education. I'm just, I'm way too, I think I look good from what I'm told. I know mm. how to take care of the children. I keep up my home. I know how to make money. I know how to hustle. I'm like, yeah, you can ask for the birds. 
So I'm starting to get tired of it. So whatever you so, have to tell me today, I'm ready to hear it. All right, cool. So one of the things I want to let you know um, is something that I talked about in the, in the communication uh, session um, the other day, last mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. And it is about um, that it's easier for you to understand 100 people than it is to make even one person understand mm-hmm. you. And and so uh, yeah, what you just described is exactly the reason why. So people who don't know how to really communicate, they know how to use vocabulary, but they don't really know how to communicate, they will work really, 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 really hard to make you understand them. And at the same time, they will work equally as hard to make you talk so that they could understand you. They're not going to try to keep talking. They're not going to try to uh, ask you questions to get you to, to uh, uh, be more clear. They're not going to ask mm-hmm. you clarifying questions. They're going to say, yo, I didn't say that, man. Say it different or something like that. Like, that doesn't mean what you mean by that. What are you talking about? Or like that. And they will right. beat you up and bully you until you say it their way. But mm-hmm. they will not spend an ounce of energy trying to understand what you're trying to say without bullying you into making you say it right. So what I'm going to say is for however long you're going to be with him from now to the end of time, uh, you should do your best to understand him because he don't even know that he should be trying to understand you. That's why he says the things he does. So now I'm not saying you do it to like appease him or, you don't you know, let him be your practice. So when you go out into the world, you're better at it. That's what I mean by that. Oh, okay. I got you. Right there. Now forget about trying to save the relationship. Just do it so that you can be better at it. So that if you ever have to talk to you know somebody else that's that's very important, but they're doing what he's doing, then you're uh-huh. better at, at 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 bringing the conversation to to wholeness, completeness, accuracy. You know what I mean? Right, right. Let him be your coach, trainer in the area of communication. It's nothing else. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so, right. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's you know however horrible he is, he ain't the only one. Might as well get good at it. You know, that's what I learned in my nine days up in Texas, Pennsylvania. So my man was doing that to me, and I was like, and I kept discovering new stuff. And at the end, he was like, "Wow, man, you know, you really, you really was learning me, man. You really, you know." He didn't realize till the end how much he got from me, and how much I got from him. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. give no hard time about him being in, unclear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you know, let him be your your trainer, so that you could not only know how to do that other stuff, but he'll let him train you. Help you train your kids how to be as good at communication as you want to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a, and then there's an extra benefit out of it. You want to hear that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, an extra benefit is you'll be a lot less triggered because you'll be like, okay, well, it ain't about me, no how. Does that make sense? Wait, say that one more I said, Yeah, I said what the extra benefit is you'll be free of emotional triggers, uh, like 75% less triggerable because you'll be using what he's doing as lessons as opposed to taking it personal. How come he's not listening to me and all that other stuff that you feel right this minute? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. So you'll be peaceful overall just because you're like, okay, what other horrible communication practices does he have? He's going to teach me how to, how to not have anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People don't think, well, dang, man, my baby, she done crapped in the diaper again. 
<sighs> what lesson am I going to learn? No, they were like, damn, I got to do the diaper again? Uh, okay, fine, whatever. Right? <laughs> so it's like, what can I learn from this mistake? What can I learn from this problem? What worked mm-hmm. about what didn't work? Kind of like that, you know? Right. Yeah, it's funny because what, is, what I believe, I just not, I'm not 100. percent I'm just making this up. I think this is an, this is just my opinion, not like it's the truth. But I believe one of the reasons why conservatives in the world um, look at people who um, are uh, poor or uh, struggling by uh, you know be, how they look at them is like, listen, I know how to take advantage of horrible things. How come you don't? What's wrong with you? They don't know how to take advantage of, of, of circumstances that don't work. They're not make money out of mm-hmm. crap, right? So use this mindset to learn how to communicate better. Let your husband be your your biggest trainer, you know, other than me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it'll ease your emotional state so much more than you could you could think of right now. I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just, I'm just a little like, oh, boy, you know, it's just like the same old thing. I'm just like, man, I'm trying to do something else, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop trying to get him to understand you, and you go over there and understand him. Give yourself a break. Okay. Yeah, and it, again, it'll keep the emotions out of it, so I can't stress that mm-hmm. enough. Okay. I know that's driving me crazy. Otherwise, why else would you be out in the street, outside the house for two hours, talking to somebody else? <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> I was like, I, it's like when I walk in the door at, in my apartment, it's like, oh, God, it's like I don't even want to be here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't, you know, it's just, oh, God. When I wake up in the morning, it's a struggle, you know. I'm tired anyway because I don't go to bed till late. But mm. it's a struggle. But, um. Okay. I hear you. Cool. All right. So now, uh, let me see. Any last things before I go into this session? Nope. That was the whole recap of what I had on my heart for the last session, to the review of the last session. Got it. And you have my condolences. Uh, My bad. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, here we're going to start session six. Uh, I'm starting session six with a uh, question. This is the only this is the only um, session where I don't talk about problems before I talk about the solution. Mm-hmm. There ain't no problems in session in section six because there's only solutions and results. So, right. session six question: What is love? And that's my question for you. What is a love? Oh God. Um I hate that word for the past few uh, months. Uh, uh, so I can't really answer that. Um I don't know okay. what I don't even believe in the word love anymore. I'm just being honest. Uh you know like, what? That's interesting. Because on my Facebook page, uh I think it was uh not yesterday, it was the day before yesterday, I posted a meme. A photo, it just said love. That's it. I had two people say, I had two people like, what's that? Or I don't believe in that. Or that's not that's not easy. Or something like that. I had to I had to engage with two people around that. 
because they're like, huh? What you, what you doing, my Willis? Kind of like, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be in a loving relationship if you don't even have an idea, clue of what love is, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I knew good. what it was, but I, I, obviously I was dead wrong. Yeah, no, you, you, you still intuitively know what love is because you can see it when you, when, you know, you can recognize it when you see it or you experience it. You just don't know relationships. Mm. Okay. So relationships take away your experience of what love is or your faith and belief in love when it's relationships that you have a problem with. It's not love. It's the relationships. How to work together in a relationship. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but still, we're going to talk about love real quick. So, um, so the simpler something is, the bigger it is. If you ever notice, you say um, happiness. And, um, um, you know, so now you can think of a million different things that, that you've been happy about or could be happy about or seen other people be happy about, right? Right. But then when you say happy when it comes to music, now you've limited happiness to music. So the more you define something in life, the more you narrow it down, refine it, limit it, define it, um, which is good at one level if you are looking to specify what you're doing, but at the same time, the simpler a definition or an explanation is, the bigger it is because it can, accomp- it can accompany and uh, uh, intertwine with so many different uh, so many different things and still be it. And love is one of those things. As a matter of fact, love is the biggest thing. Um, so I'll read you what I got, and then I'll tell you uh, what I've heard. And the reason why I want to tell you, say that I'm going to tell you what I heard uh, or, or have read and come to understand, but, but I still have no proof, no verification, um, is because I don't have proof verification, but what I understand seems to be accurate. I, I don't know how to prove it yet, but it just seems to be accurate. I'll tell you in a minute. But what I will say that I do know about love is that love is a principle. Hmm. Um, and so a principle is defined in the dictionary as a source or fundamental cause origin. Right. So, so, so uh, love is one of many principles. And um, the nature of principles, my understanding is, is that mm-hmm. principles always exist. In fact, let me give you the four qualities of love, these four qualities. And uh, hopefully these qualities will change your perspective, but whether it does or not doesn't change the fact that these four qualities exist. Okay, so. Okay. Um, quality, uh, the first quality is that love always has and always will exist. It's always existed. It existed before you were born. It'll exist long after every human being on this planet is forgotten, gone and forgotten. Then the second quality is that it's always only love. It's never something else. Um, the third thing is that it's everywhere all at once. Like, there's no place that love don't exist. It's always, it's always there. And then the fourth thing is you could turn anything into love. Right. So now, I came up with this concept 
because uh, I used to have a couple of newsletters, and in one of my newsletters, I wrote this article called The Color Blue. Mm-hmm. And because blue is my favorite color. And uh, I was like, wow, love and, love and blue is the same thing. Love and colors are the same thing. So right. if I go through this again, uh, blue, the color blue always has always existed and will always exist. We we can't make blue go away. You look at the sky, up oh, is blue. You can't make the sky go away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. All right. All right. So love and blue are the same thing. It's just in different elements, but it's the same thing. Secondly, there's always it's 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 always only blue. It can be light blue, dark blue, in between blue, turquoise blue, navy blue. But it's always only blue. As soon as it turns red, it's no longer blue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with love. Love could be agape love, romantic love, you know, uh, oh, love of spirit, whatever, right? It's always only love. If loving, mm-hmm. if, if, if if you're not present in love, it's not because it's, it, it's gone anywhere. You just ain't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. The next thing is blue. It's everywhere all at the same time. It's everywhere all at once. Blue cars, blue water, blue skies, the the, the blue man troop, right? The whole thing, right? Blue is everywhere, right? right? All at the same time. So is love. So is hate. Mm-hmm. So is all other yeah. principles. And then last is that anything can be turned blue. You can turn a red car to blue. You can turn red uh, yellow chickens. You can paint them and turn them blue, right? You can make mm-hmm. anything blue. Same thing with love. You can make anything love. That's what love is. So if so, if you're not feeling love, it's because your focus is on something other than love. It's not because there's no love or love doesn't exist. Love always is. The question is, what are you, what are you focusing on? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, because every time, like, I feel like every time I'm, I'm trying to you know, get that love back and like trying to make myself feel that again, that, that energy. He yeah. always got to do something. For example, this, this is what really got me. This, this, this really turned, turned me off. I think it was last week, some, some, sometime or whatever. And, you know, it was about to have sex, whatever, or we were or something, whatever. So he going, he going to say something like in the middle of it. Oh man, I need some money, man. I was mad as hell. When he said that, <laughs> like, who does that? I mean, that for me was like, yo, I don't, I don't even want to talk to him. I don't even want to see him no more. That pissed me off bad, and I know I'm not tripping. Like, that made me feel like I'm a sugar mama, or you just with me for money or something. I don't even hardly have money. I don't even make six figures. Like, what? I'm like, is it that serious? Like, who does that? Well. I could I can't tell you everything that was going on for him, but I could tell you a tiny bit, maybe ten percent or twenty percent of what was going on for him. You ready? Okay, get in here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that men do that women don't necessarily do <laughs> is that men think out loud. We have to listen, and we talk about the thoughts in our head as if we're like, you know, the way the way you think in your head about hmm, what about this, that, when you're talking to yourself in your head. Uh huh. We do that outside of our head. We think out loud. And it's funny, I learned something from this lady, Alison Armstrong. She got this program called uh, Celebrated Men, Satisfied Women. 
She had a program called Understanding uh, Women, Unlocking the Mystery. She had another pro- call, a question called, I mean, another co- program called uh, In Sync with the Opposite Sex. Most of her programs is for women only, but she had a couple of programs and a couple of books that was co-ed. So one of the co-ed mm-hmm. courses, she said to women that she told everybody in the room that men speak possibility, women listen commitment. So if a man says, ah, I bet my mom would like you, what a woman would be hearing is, oh, he's going to introduce me to her mother. No, that's not what he said. Mm-hmm. What he said was, man, my mom would like you. But he's thinking out loud. So what she tried to tell the man in the room was, don't think out loud anymore, damn it. I think that's what happened with your husband in that particular moment. I'm not sure. I'm suspecting that maybe 20% is the reason why he said that. It was, he was thinking out loud. And if he knew how to, if he knew how to shut the hell up and think to himself rather than think out loud, then you probably wouldn't have got annoyed. Right. Because, you know, women get mad at men because men say stuff and then women, and then they don't, and then the man don't do it. And then the woman's like, but he said he would. No, he was just thinking out loud, but nobody ever told him that before. And the guy don't mm-hmm. even know that's what he's doing either. Right. Guy don't know that he's, he's, that's what he's doing. He's just doing what he do. Because we men, we listen to each other because we instinctively know that the best thing that comes out of our mouth is the very last sentence. Because we're thinking out loud until we sort itself, sort it out. And then we're like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm done. Like that. You hear men say that a lot. Oh, I'm done. I'm complete. You know, uh, I've got to say something like that. They let you know when they're finished. Have you noticed that about men? Wait, say that again. I, I have, you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that when men are talking either with each other or they're talking, you know, with men or women, they let you know when they're finished somehow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's because they let you know, I finished thinking, so you can go now. <laughs> right, right. Right, that's ge- that's part of gender language translation, you know. Mm-hmm, right, like, yeah. Yeah, and so I bet you that at least 20% of why he did that was because he was just thinking out loud. If he was smart and he knew that he was thinking out loud, he could have shut his damn mouth with me. I could have continued doing whatever he was doing, you know, all I'm saying. Mhm. Yeah. Does it make this? Does this make sense? Mhm. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I feel bad for you. You know, so about to let you get it. It's like that. <sighs> Challenge. So, all right. So, uh, love is always around. The question is not as not as where's love or or do I believe in love or not like that. It's like, uh, what's up with this relationship? It's not about what's up with love. It really ain't. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I here's the thing I was gonna say that um I have it as a I understand that this is true, but I have no real proof of it. But it seems to be true based on what I've seen. You ready? Mm-hmm. So I've heard and I believe, but I don't know for sure, because I can't prove it, that love is the accumulation of every other quality. It's the accumulation of generosity and patience and, and, you know, goodness and curiosity. It's the combination of hate, intolerance, greed, in, you know, whatever. Like all of them combined equals love. Mm. And all of those things are like variations or aspects of love. 
and they're equally as uh, powerful in the sense that they are equally um, these four qualities. You can say the fourth. You can say the same thing about about uh, encouragement, uh, empowerment, gratitude, appreciation, whatever, support. You can say the same thing about all four of those qualities. I mean, those four qualities I talked to you about, you can apply it up to any principle. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Apply it to any Good. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing what to do about it is different from at least at least knowing that or looking at life from that, mm-hmm. you know, will, will support you. Because even if, even if you can't prove that's true or not, if you operate like it's true, you will find you will find yourself in an empowering context. You'll find yourself with an empowering view of life. Um, and it will support you in producing the results that you want, you know? Right. So anyhow, okay. Um, <coughs> you, got any, you got any questions about that? Just check. Uh, nope, not right now. Okay. All right, so. Uh, you want to know what gets in the way of love? Um, I'll say that again. Would you like to know what gets in the way of love? Oh, yeah, gets in the way of love, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what makes love go away? Or what make, what stops love from, from happening or you're experiencing it? So, um, in no particular uh, order, you're going to get the list. Uh, insecurity, okay. not being present. Mm-hmm. Short-sightedness, which is not the same thing as selfishness, by the way. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, everybody is selfish, but there's a difference between selfish and short-sightedness. Martin Luther King was selfish, but he he considered the difference between selfishness and short-sightedness is how you view, how you define you. Okay. So most people, most people, especially parents, will define themselves. Or, or include their children in the definition of themselves. That's my children. It's like messing with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some folks, um, they limit their definition of themselves to themselves. So like homeless people might be like, it's just about me. They don't think about nobody else. They're so busy worried about trying to get helped that they don't even see the, the sense of trying to help anybody else. And so that's why they wonder why they're struggling with getting something because they're not taking into care of enough people because uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar, one of the public speakers, who once said, you can get anything you want in life um, um, by helping other people get whatever it is that they want. If you help enough people get what they want, you can get anything you want in life. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't believe it and they don't know it or bo- you know, or both. Right. So um, so being short sighted, Martin Luther King, his definition of, of himself was all of African Americans in America. But I'm not 100 percent sure he didn't think that his definition of self was the entire United States, because I know one of his philosophies was um, both the jailer and the jail E are both in jail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Right, right, you're both in jail. You just went, you're in jail for different things, but you're in the same condition, right. you're in the same environment, right? Exactly. So you're both, in, yep. 
Right. Right. So he was trying to, he was all about freedom and equality. So he, his definition of self was the entire country. Mm-hmm. You know, which was one of his big differences between, say, him and Mark, Malcolm X, you know? Right. You know? Uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the white folks who, who could sense it, that's why they supported Martin Luther King. Because they knew it wasn't it wasn't hate of white folks; it was love of black folks and love of freedom for everyone in the country. Exactly. Right? Can we can we please like really live the Declaration of Independence, please? Damn it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, just us. Fuck you! Right? Like that's that's how that was going. You know? Exactly. Well, it's kind of like how it's still going, but that's besides the point. Uh, uh, so anyhow, yeah. <laughs> short sightedness. Uh, and almost nobody even uses the word, or, or I don't remember the last time I heard anybody else talk to me and use the word short-sightedness. But yeah. you know, it's, it's an important word. I mean, I probably the last the last ten times I probably heard it, it just came from me alone. You know? I don't know. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, stinginess, meanness, revenge, anger, infidelity, deal breakers, stubbornness, incompletions. This list is extensive, but not infinite. You know, like like it's not limited to the imagination. You know, right. blindness, pride, ineffective communication, being victim, being a victim, being intolerant, cynical. Oh my God! So you get this list. You you will get this list. Um, but yeah, that's what that's that's what uh, gets in the way of love. Those negative mindsets is what gets in the way of love. So I I encourage you to look at what got in the way of love this time, this time, this time when you're dealing with your husband. What showed up? Who brought it? Where did it come from? Whatever, you know? But I look at it because, quite frankly, the more effective you are at identifying what got in the way of love, the, the more effective you will be at eliminating it or removing it when it shows up. And you, the more effective you'll be at teaching your kids how to deal with that, too. Because they're watching, you know? Yeah, they are. I feel kind of bad. It's not I, It's not a very healthy <clears throat> environment um, at yeah. all with that. Yeah. And I know it. He yeah. knows it. I'm trying to do something about it. But, you know, just out of nowhere, he'll just, you know, I'm working and he'll just start blowing up just, because he's, his things aren't working for him, and he sees I'm sitting there working. It, it bothers him that I can work at the computer and make some decent money <clears throat> don't have to get up and, like, really go anywhere, you know, yeah. and lift up heavy boxes, and his check is saying zero. But you should be blessed that I'm able to make sure our lights aren't cut off and pay the rent and make sure that everything is taken care of and there's food on the table and you got toilet paper to wipe your butt. I'm like, well, golly, what else do you want from me? I don't even do anything for myself. <clears throat> and I'm very tired. I'm exhausted, and I don't even walk around snappy like, "Oh, I'm tired. I'm this. I'm that." I just keep on going and keep on going. And it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, what someone said to me. I don't know who said this, but someone said to me. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. He's doing reverse psychology, meaning like, you know, and I mean, I, I, you know, and I didn't. I mean, I knew that, but I just, I guess, didn't think about it in the past couple of days because mine been all over the place. But whatever he's feeling and all the mean words and stuff. That, oh, my son said this to me. He's only 19 years old. 
basically the way he's feeling about himself, he's trying to throw it on me. And I, yeah, and I, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that for real. Right, because he says I'm I'm retarded and like I'm a loser and I'm this. I'm like, word, <laughs> like seriously, I don't get that one because I far from retarded and a loser. Like mm-hmm. seriously, you know what I mean? I don't need to be shaking the cushions for fifty cents. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to figure out who's the loser right now because the damn sure ain't me. And I know how to make decent decisions. So I, you know, you coming to me for help for decisions. And stuff, so I don't know about the retarded part, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> retarded for being with you? I can see that, maybe. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> I'm laughing, not laughing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, here's something that's obviously critical for you that I'm about to bring up. And the subject okay. is how. Well, it's really a question, and I, I already know what I already. I feel pretty certain I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you stay present to love no matter what? Um. How do I stay present? To How love is it possible? No let me ask. Let me ask you a little bit differently. How is it possible to stay loving, to stay present to love no matter what? You remember, did you ever watch? Uh, you've probably heard me say it. Have you ever heard or watched um, Driving Miss Daisy? Yes, yes. Yeah. Remember Morgan Freeman? His name, the driver's name was Hoke. H O A K, right? Hoke. So how yes. was Hoke? How was Hoke able to be loving for twenty five years before Miss Daisy woke up and realized that's what he was doing? Twenty five years. Right. Yeah. Um... How do you be that? No matter what. I mean, that's the unconditional love. Uh, um, but see, one thing with that is, I have to interject, is like when when you love somebody unconditionally and then you feel like like you're being taken advantage of and manipulated and you're feeling uncomfortable in the yeah. relationship. And then you're watching the person do some crazy thing, and they're doing it over and over again. And um, after a while, I mean, that's when you feel like this can't be love. There's something else going on that needs to be rectified. And then when you're trying to, you know, work on the issue and the other person's not doing their job, I think that's when it becomes toxic. You understand what I'm saying? I do. That's the toxic part. I mean, I love my husband or whatever, and I thank God, you know, that I met him and I was able to, you know, I, you know, I learned, you know. But this is my thing. I think that that season may be over. Okay. I mean, well, so we'll I, I still love him, but I'm not yeah. in love anymore, and I don't think he's in. He can't possibly be in love with me at all. Because he basically told me that the other day. I mean, he's just like, I mean, I don't know if because he was just mad because things aren't working out for him, but the words that was coming out of his mouth and the way he was looking at me, you can't possibly love me. And the stuff that he said, I'm like, well, damn, if you felt feel this way about me and you hate my guts or whatever, I'm nothing but a bitch, then, I mean, I don't think that we need to be around each other because that's unhealthy for not only me and you, but for the children. <clears throat> yeah. So, All right, I, so 
I hear what you're saying. I mean, a thousand percent, boy, because been there myself more than twice. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, um, so let me answer the question for you. I already know you didn't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's all good. That's what my job, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you stay present to love no matter what? By, and how you do that is by choosing love prior to starting your day or any activities you're about to engage in. Here's how you choose it. Here's how you remember to choose it. First, you have to recognize what it is you're committed to. So let me tell you what I mean by that. I had an experience. I was um, assisting at Landmark in one of the communication courses. I was in the team management leadership program, which, you know, a couple of people on the program in the call, the communication for professionals call uh, has done that team LP. That's one of the reasons why they say, oh, man, I want to do this communication course, right? Anyhow, I'm in the team management leadership program, and I am the class leader. I'm not the, the trainer, but I'm the leader of everybody in the class. I'm known as the team one team leader. So for three months, like I'm the I'm the highest authority figure. I'm like the president of the class for three months, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm about two weeks into the class, and we were having a communication program that we were assisting around. You know, we're doing production and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the person that was like that was responsible, who was the head person for for that course, was giving me like a thousand percent hard time. She was trying to mostly manipulate and beat me up and all kind of stuff, partly because. I was the leader of the class, but during that program, she was my leader. Mm, okay. Right. So while she had a chance to beat me up, she took a chance to beat me up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like super pissed off, like, oh, I want to kill her, right? Mm-hmm. And the course leader knew this. And one of the things about uh, trainers at Landmark is that they, need, they make sure that everybody that's assisting around it that's not in the program they need to manage their emotions. They can't be coming in there with this ugly attitude because it'll get all over everybody else, you know what I mean? So right, right. Of course, we just saw I was upset a lot of the day, and she sent somebody, um, had somebody give me a message. And mm-hmm. it was a written message, and the message said, tell Tony he's got 10 minutes to get off it or I'm sending him home. Get off it means stop being angry, Bring yourself back, be 100% ready. That's what get off it meant. That's, that's landmark lingo. So, right. again, okay. he said, tell Tony he got 10 minutes to get off it or I'm sending him home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm the class, I'm the class president. I can't, I, can't get, I can't get sent home because that's like, I don't know if I'll ever get over the credibility of that. Right? Like, I'm the president of the class, but, you know, I got sent home because I didn't know how to manage my own emotions. I can't. That they would just kill my credibility. That's what I'm thinking. I'm so scared it's going to kill the next, the rest of the three months that's in front of me, and I can't let this happen. But at the same time, I want to kill her. What do I got to do? Oh my god! So I went into the main office and I sat down. Uh huh. And a couple of minutes later, this woman comes in, and she was the center manager, the office manager for one of Landmark's offices in Toronto. So I saw her, and I knew last, you know, the last three month period. They had an awesome experience. They had awesome success. 
So I was like, hi, uh, you know, I forget her name now. She probably don't even work for Landmark anymore, but whatever. So I said, hey, how you doing? You know, I, I, you know, I acknowledge you for like having such a successful, you know, program over there last quarter. You know, and uh, man, that's amazing. I wish we was that good and all that stuff, right? She said, okay, thank you. Gee whiz. She said, okay, good. And uh, so what are you doing here? What's going on with you? And I said, Ellen, Ellen was the class, was the person leading the seminar, the, the program. I said, mm-hmm. said Ellen sent me an, Ellen sent me a note that said, um, I need to get off it in ten minutes, or she's going to send me home, and I only got six minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> we both laughed. I thought, really, I only got six minutes left. So she comes in four minutes after I got the message, you know. Right. And so, uh, so, she, so, so she kind of laughed a little bit, you know, smirked, you know, like to appreciate the humor of it all. And then she said, mm-hmm. wow, I really get that. She said, so, uh, so what are you committed to? And as soon as she said that, I lost my mind. I was both really thrilled and really annoyed at the same time, but really, like, it cleared me completely. Because what I remember when she asked me that is I was committed to the people in the program joining my program, which was the next program, the Team Management Leadership Program. And I was committed to her being successful. I didn't even want her to be mad at me. So the whole upset went away as soon as I really got present to what am I really committed to. And ever since then, this was in 2007. In fact, Mm -hmm. it was in in August of 2007. Can't forget it, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ever since then, it's been real easy for me to remember what I'm committed to because if you're committed to going from here to China, you getting from your house to the bus terminal won't be as much of a problem as it would be if your if your result was just to get to the bus terminal. Right, right, right. Right, because that's just a part of the trip. You've got more things to worry about, more things to experience, and more things to manage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. when you feel what you're really committed to, all the other things in between you and what you're committed to disappears because you're gonna do whatever it takes to fulfill what you're committed to. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so you got to recognize what you're committed to. Otherwise, you'll just be annoyed with circumstances. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you recognize what you're committed to, you will do whatever it takes to fulfill on what you're committed to, not what you like. Oh, like, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Ooh, yeah it's I'm like, stubborn then. I'm very stubborn. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm going um, to work on yeah. that. Uh, uh-huh. Kind of. I mean, think about it, I'm stubborn, but he's really stubborn. So that's two bullheaded people, and that that that's like, and he's a Scorpio. I'm a Virgo. Mm. <laughs> you would, you yeah. would think that relationship get along together, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so you gotta rec- you gotta first recognize what's your highest commitment. Mm-hmm. And then that's the first thing. What's your highest commitment? Second thing is you gotta remember constantly remind yourself of what you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Then third, you gotta re- you gotta be present to the impact of not remembering or choosing to be loving no matter what, the impact of that on relationships. So right. whatever it is you're committed to, you got to remember what, it, what, what 
the problem is, what the pain is, it's like if you don't work enough hours, you just ain't going to make enough money. That's pretty clear. But um, but if you are if you don't keep love present, then you're gonna forget the impact of not keeping love present. So, can you repeat that here, one more time? I said, if you don't remember what you're committed to, and don't remind yourself what you're committed to, mm-hmm. then you won't remember or think about the impact that's going to have on you and your relationships about not maintaining your, your, what you're committed to. You okay. won't, if you're committed to love, then what will happen is you'll, and you, but you forget that you're committed to love or you don't keep that in mind, then you won't notice what things are happening that are keeping you from having love present. And you won't know, how those things showed up because you won't be present to the impact of your commitment missing. Mm. So, for example, earlier I had said to you, how about if you talk to your husband so that you can learn how to not have these upset conversations ever again, have that be your commitment in talking to him and communicating with him rather than you um, getting annoyed that it's going so bad. Let him be your teacher, coach, and how to deal with the most horrible communicators on the planet so that you learn and you don't get upset. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, that'll, right. probably change so, that'll probably change so much of your relationship, it ain't even funny. But if you remember that's what you're committed to, It'll take away the upset. Forget about love for a minute. Just if you just remember to do that. Okay. That'll give you peace of mind. You might even have sex once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> but you'll yeah. start you'll start taking away everything that can get on get him upset. Mm-hmm. By doing that too. But you're not doing it for that reason, but that'll be a great benefit. Okay. A great impact. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. So don't do it for that. Be happy when it shows up, but do it because he's teaching you how to how to communicate. Because mm-hmm. you're learning, right? Session one, learning, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, going back to love, uh, you got to be present to the impact um, that not consciously choosing to be loving has on relationships. So let me tell you some of the impacts. You ready? Okay. In no particular order, you don't know what's best for you. <coughs> because if you're not concentrated on what's in your, what's, what your highest commitment is, you won't be doing things that's in, your, in the, the, uh, the, you know, the interest of your highest commitments. You won't be fulfilling on your commitments because you won't know what you need to do to fulfill on your commitment, so you won't be doing what's best for you. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. You'll be mad rather than, okay, what can I learn from this? Or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? She's, you know, my lady says, yeah, so what are you committed to? Oh, I swear, as soon as she said it, it felt like a spear went through my chest, and then it woke me up, and I was like, damn. 
I was kind of mad because I felt like I should have known better. <laughs> kind of. Right. <laughs> you know, and um, and of staying on the course and, and you know, uh, for, she ended up quitting because she was so trying to manipulate me and beat me up. Um, but but I wasn't having it because I was being more loving than she could be angry. She ended up quitting the program. Right. So I'm like, she's the one that had to hang up on her shoulders and trying to put it on everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But you don't let that get in your way. Right, right. And you know what you were committed to. For, you know, you what your objective and what your goal was and what right. your commitment was. So I, I, I get that. I see the parallel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you don't keep present to what you're committed to, you won't know what's best for you because you won't know how to fulfill on what you're committed to. So you won't do what's best for you to fulfill on your commitment. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You might want to listen to this recording again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Next. When you don't know what you're committed to, you can be controlled by others who know what they're committed to. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you want to say yeah, that again? Yeah, say that one time. <laughs> uh-huh. When you don't know what you're committed to, you can be controlled by others who know what they're committed to. That explains government. Yeah. That explains lobbyists, mm. among other things. Yeah. Yeah, so when you don't know what you're committed to, your husband losing his mind will be controlling you, and you won't be able to do nothing about it. Yeah. Another impact of not being present to love and not being present to what you're committed to is that you'll become emotionally explosive and chase people away and chase away the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because emotional outbursts, nobody's happy with that. Oh, she just gave me another emotional outburst. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Said no one ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um uh, another impact of not remembering what you're committed to, not having love present no matter what, is that you'll experience life as a victim with no power. Mm. I can't get nothing done. That's where you'll go. Not necessarily you'll go there, but that's one of the places people go when they're not present to the impact of not being clear on their commitment and not having love present in their life. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm total, yeah, I'm total opposite. The more you piss me off, the more I go hard to make it to the next level because I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> uh-huh. I got it, I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, next is to, next, another impact, impact is to be either passively or aggressively manipulate the people in your lives. So you, you and your husband, y'all go back and forth, uh, both passively and, and aggressively manipulating each other. In order to get what you want, you ain't doing it consciously, but y'all doing it. Yeah. Right. You throw him away. He he criticizes you. Mhm. That's manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> the laundry still ain't done. <laughs> right. Right. Y'all doing all that stuff trying to make and then right exactly. Right. Oh. Um, like <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh um. Let's see here uh. You'll be unable to be truly happy. You just can't be happy because you won't be doing what's going to make you happy. 
And then here's the, well, the last two. Um, one, you can't possibly be a match. You and your partner cannot possibly be a match for your highest aspirations for being in a relationship, meaning you're not operating consistently with being a match. So even if you all wanted the same thing, you get in each other's way and destroying the possibility of playing and working with each other. Mm. Which means, which is the ultimate impact, the ultimate impact is you'll be unable to keep mature, loving relationship partners in your life. Because mm. the mature a mature, loving person won't be willing to put up with this shit. Okay, right. shit. Just be like, nah, man, it's not too much work, man. You're making me work too hard. I gotta go. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I ain't putting up with none of this stuff. Not in my, not with my romantic one. I'll put up with it for everybody else except for my wife. Matter of fact, she ain't gonna get to my wife if she can't put up with if there's any of this stuff she can't put up with. I'll wait. She ain't the one. Just, just serious. I ain't saying people can't get upset, but they need to know how to get over it quickly because we, we ain't got time for that. I got I got too many other people to take care of. So you going to help me or you going to get out the way? Yeah. That's how I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's, that's the impact of not consciously choosing to be loving no matter what. That's the impact it has on your relationships. Now, I have uh, one other thing to add to this, which is, uh, by knowing, uh, by knowing how you're going to react when things happen to you, mm-hmm. when you know how you're likely to react when something happens to you, you'll be able to maintain love no matter what because you know it's coming. Oh man, he's doing this up. Oh, uh, man, I usually go like this. I don't want to go there. <sighs> okay, and then you can try to change yourself. But if you unconsciously get reactive then that's a whole other story. So everyone knows how the people in their life will react to things, but don't know how they themselves will react when things happen. So now it's time for you to recognize and choose how you're going to react when something happens to you that you don't like or you do like, but you still need to know it. Like you know how your mom's going to react when you say do certain things, right? Yeah, she probably knows how to you know, she she knows how you gonna react when you she says this when you you know, in certain situations. Now, it would be good for you to know you as much as you know how your mom is gonna do it. Or better. Or your kids. Everybody knows everybody else's reaction but their own. So now it's time for you to get that. We started that conversation in the in the uh, managing the emotions section, but there we go. So, your job from now till till you're in the ground, because until you're in the ground, you know they still have the funeral and this and you know the the viewing and all that stuff. You still need to be having love present. Once you're in the ground, you can stop. But until then, even though you're dead, you still kind of like in their face. You still need to have love present. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I ain't kidding. You know. I don't know how to do it, but I'm sure we still need to be doing that, you know? So, anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, so that's what you need to do to have love present. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember what happens if you don't have love present. Yeah. 
All right, so that's what all that is. So now we're going to talk about what relationships really are and, and this section. This section is about, being, it's about managing both today and tomorrow. Make it today great and make it tomorrow great. Because when, when you got all those other problems solved, when you know how to handle all of those five things, those five categories, and you can recognize when you got three or four categories all mixed in together and you sort them all out, because that's the real problem. It's not so much that having breakdowns is a problem. It's, it's dealing with the emotions that breakdowns cause that cause miscommunication problems because men and women talk differently. Mm. <laughs> so when you can identify all of that, then all there is left to do is to manage today and tomorrow, and there's four things to manage about today and tomorrow. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. So human beings have the ability to think about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. However, based on evidence, most of us don't know how to focus, keep track of, or manage all three. We either worry about today and forget about tomorrow, worry about, to, uh, worry about tomorrow and ignore much of today, or worse, stay mentally in the past. To their uh, detriment. Yeah, exactly. That's usually what people do. We go in the past because our brains are, re- are pattern recognition devices. We're looking at patterns so that we don't get trapped up and tra- killed up and all that stuff. So we we got the past in our future. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we're always looking in the future, but usually it's our past that's in our future, not a future in the future. Because when you're really looking at the future, it's empty. There's nothing there. You've got to create the future, which is our opportunity because we're creative creatures. But most of the time, we either worry about today, get about tomorrow, worry about tomorrow, and don't do nothing today, or or worry about the past and put it in the future. Right. Okay. So we ain't doing that, though. It's totally possible to be able to manage both today and tomorrow. When you look at businesses and sports, what you'll see is the most successful of them operate in today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So romantic relationships need, in order to experience them at their best, need to be taken care of in the present and the future. And here's the four areas that need to be managed. Your needs, everything about your needs, partnership, goals, Legacy. Let me just go into it. Uh, needs first. This refers to making sure you have everything necessary to be happy, enjoy the relationship, your life within the relationship, as well as basic physical requirements such as, but not limited to, uh, health and fitness, sex, tension, intimacy, finances, social life, housekeeping, self-expression, family. Uh, access to support for and acceptance of one's highest aspirations for their life. In other words, life purpose, working on that. This is another list that's not limited to the imagination. However, if you don't know who you really are, this list won't be able to to be complete. And you won't know you're not getting your needs met until breakdowns show up. And you find yourself surprised or shocked you didn't get what you need, followed by an unlikely emotional uh, emotional outburst, whether you withheld the outburst into yourself, like you blow up and you don't say nothing, or you just did it to, and did it to yourself, or you vomited on your partner. So, not doing this step is like failing to put gas in the car 
even though you're planning on driving cross country or having unprotected sex, getting catching something bad, being surprised by it, and then getting upset with the person you had sex with. When you don't know who you are, you're asking for trouble. Mm. So you can't handle your needs, man. Can't handle your needs, you're in trouble. The relationship is still going to be suffering from too much of that. It's like operations in a business. You don't have a business office, right equipment, all of that stuff. Your business is just not going to go. You can't have total success if your business is not fully operational. Same with a relationship. You got to handle the the needs aspects of the relationship. Fundamentals. That's the first thing. And that's managing today. And then the next part is called partnership. Partnership can best be explained by distinguishing between three states of relatedness. Dependence, independence, interdependence. You saw that post I put in a in a beta test group, right? I can't remember. I glanced it real quick. Yeah, there's a, there's a a dark, I don't know if it's gray or black with some lettering on it about, uh, don't worry about it. I'll, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll see it sooner or later. Anyhow, so I'm going to describe those three, dependence, independence, and interdependence. Dependence is in relationships where one party needs to be taken care of in some way and cannot or does not contribute directly to the partner they're depending on. This can look like being a victim being unable to perform because of a lack of skill, knowledge, awareness, et cetera, or the parent-child relationship. Though then they may be, uh, though there may be a relationship, there's no playing together. And if there's either no desire to play together or awareness of the value of a playing together, the opportunities of playing together never come to fruition. That's dependence. Independence is operating from a fundamental viewpoint that one can operate on their own and usually, but not always, won't allow others to play with them, uh, invite others to play with them, and eventually ends up creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of being alone, even while amongst the crowd. When it comes to relationships, being independent is a strategy and a tool, not a way of life. There are times when being independent works best, but only inside of the context of the next state of relatedness and interdependence. Mm -hmm. Interdependence, this is the state where people are able to independently work together, which may sound like an oxymoron, but when you think about it, it's like dancing. You can dance by yourself, but it's way more fun to dance with a partner. In the dancing partnership, you dance in ways that work for both you and your partner without either of you telling the other partner what to do, how to do it, why, etc. And each experience is the best of being dependent, independent, and interdependent. Because interdependence is experienced as all three when perfected. That means everyone does their part, everyone knows what part they're responsible for, and everyone has a chance to win. So that's partnership. Right, so you know, you, another way of saying it is, you need to know who's in charge of what and when, and then how do you work together inside of that, so that everybody's happy. So that's the second of the four things. Third, goals. When designed 
and recognize for what they are. Goals are really great games to play. This is why you need to identify what your highest aspirations for a relationship is and what your highest aspirations for your life is. You also need your partner to know this about themselves. When you and your partner know those two things, you'll naturally create goals that make you both happy, make you want to be around each other for much more than just sex and romance. To fulfill your own, your partner's, and the relationship's needs and enhance your relationship because all the success you'll experience as a result of playing together. Uh, in addition, you'll experience an extreme level of trust, personal growth, admiration that has nothing to do with relationships, but will obviously add to that. And mm-hmm. most of all, turn your partner into your best friend, someone you'll be willing to even give your life for because you'll know that if they're no longer with you, life won't be worth living anyway. Creating creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will put stars in your eyes when it comes to your partner. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will make you grow as a human being. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will keep the love alive in your relationship even beyond your life. People will remember and look at your life and see like, oh, my God, your love will be in other people's lives when you create goals and fulfill those goals. Last, legacy. Legacy is a combination of setting goals. Um, hold on a second. It's a combination of setting goals and the memories that result for going for those goals, regardless of whether you actually reach your goals or not. However, when you think about it, life really isn't a destination anyhow. It's the journey that counts. Your legacy is the journey you and your partner co-create. This is why legacy is so important. You're already creating a legacy whether you know it or not. A person's legacy could be likened to a combination of your brand and your biography. It's the story of the you you created. Legacy right. when it right? So legacy when it comes to relationships is the only aspect of managing today and tomorrow that lives in two domains. Mm-hmm. It actually in two different domains. It lives in the past and the future, actually. Legacy. The aspect that's the past provides nourishment for all three aspects of the relationship, meaning you, your partner, and the space in between. Mm-hmm. And it guides partnership, it guides the people in a relationship in the creation of future goals and experience. Mm-hmm. When all is said and done, this section, more than all the others before it, is the reason to be in a relationship. Understanding understanding how to manage today and tomorrow leads to exquisite happiness, the type of happiness that makes you want to cry when you stop and think about it because it makes you so happy. To make sure everything you and your partner needs is in place and available, to work and play together in the most important games you can ever imagine playing as if 
both your life dependent on it and as if you were dancing the perfect dance uh, uh, together at the same time. To set goals that make your jaw drop, especially after achieving them. And then to look back on all your achievements, bask in and celebrate their achievements, those achievements, while acknowledging each other for your parts in the achievements. And then, best of all, to go out and do it again and again and again with your favorite person doing your favorite things. That is what it looks like. That is what it feels like. That is the reality of happily ever after. Mm-hmm. You make sure your life and the life of your partner is working, is settled and complete in the areas of needs and workability. You learn, practice, and perfect how to work together to make things happen that bring you joy. You create, go for, and achieve goals that light you both up. Then you celebrate, honor those experiences, and experience the joy of of achievement. That's why people want to be in a great relationship, whether they have the language to say it or not. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to end this with a quote from Neil Donald Walsh, author of Conversation with God. The purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about who we are. And I'm inviting you to take this quote a step further. The purpose of relationship is to decide and declare express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about love. Because in reality, there's nothing more important than loving. That is the program. These last things is all you need to be doing to make your relationship like, oh, my God, the best thing ever. But if you focus in on the problems, then you don't get a chance to focus on the goals and play together and then watch yourselves win on the super-duper winning streak for 50 years. Oh, okay. Y'all ain't playing together. Y'all doing things separately. Mm-hmm. That's true. Everything is just separate. And then you criticize and complain and feel bad about the fact that the other one ain't playing with you or ain't doing good, and you're over there by yourself. Yeah. Relationships, when all is said and done, it takes 10 minutes to explain this. Listen, make sure all your needs are met first. Uh, no, well, first, make sure you're all on the same page about how to live a life. And then you make sure your needs are met. You got everything you need. Then you got to learn how to play together. Then you should start playing together. Then you you should look back and enjoy on the games you played together and the wins that you had together. And then go make some more games and then go win some more games and then go play some more games and then win some more games and then play some more games and then win some more games until somebody passes away because y'all can't stop doing it because you're in your favorite – you're with your favorite person in your favorite relationship 
doing your favorite things with your favorite person for the rest of your life. The hard part the hard part is understanding how to resolve the issues. The easy part is doing the relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. It's like it's like driving, I swear to God. Y'all don't know how to y'all don't know how to hit curves and, and you know, park and do K turns. Y'all y'all that's stuff that's the stuff y'all don't know what to do in terms of relations. And then you get mad at each other, they crash in the car and then have to go pay money to put the car together again. So relatively mm-hmm. figuratively speaking, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. All right, so let me get some feedback from you. What um, you hear, what you got. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I wrote a lot of stuff on here. I'm coming here. Um, uh, God, uh, I'm trying. I got some scribble, scrabble going on. I mean, when I, was, <laughs> I mean, just freelancing or whatever. Um I mean, I think the last statement that you really basically was saying was like, you know, in the relationship, like we don't know how to park and we don't know how to do the K turns. The more intricate part of the driving is just probably back up a bit and go straight. But <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> when it comes to that more <laughs> serious part of the driving, it's like, yo, man, it's like we're just a bunch of we're just in our blind sights right now, and mm-hmm. um, like, you know. The hard part of the relationship is just um, not knowing. This is what we lack, ultimately, that I got from this whole session was partnership aspect of it. You know what I yep. mean? Um, yep. I think that once I saw a few things, I, I think I was triggered because by some things in a relationship because of my past relationships. And once I saw that that partnership was like gone or was getting gone, I think I I was like, wait a minute, I, it's time to get my independency back because you know what I mean. I was feeling some kind of way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the biggest turnoff would be like I don't know. I think there's some unforgiving things that he said to me that made me feel some kind of way and. I feel like the investment of the relationship is, you know, that I invested in, and I feel like we both invested it together. But when I was at my down point in my life, as far as, like, when I got real sick, I felt like, you know, he abandoned me. And I I don't think he could have tried to redeem himself or whatever or not. I don't even think I would have even seen it or even could remember because, like, I'm just still stuck on that part right there. And the only thing that he, only thing that he thinks of is, um, his mother took up his slack by her being here helping me out, while he just played the fool. But it's like, you know, I appreciate that your mom was here, but what about you? It's you that I need your, you know, undivided attention of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't. I, it's like I feel like he only needs me when his stuff ain't working out for him. Because when he has a few dollars in his pocket, it's like. He just can't wait to, you know, go out and have a good time, and I'm not part of that or whatever. Or he always says what he's going to do or whatever, and, he, you know, he don't do nothing for me. He doesn't do anything for me, and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling like I don't even – I feel like I don't even know what else to invest in the relationship. Even his own well, kids ain't feeling him anymore. And, well, I mean, I mean I'm trying my best. 
So, so how about this? How about this? How about if you look at and create things you could do together? Let me let me explain to you what I mean by that. So, in my first marriage, mm-hmm. um, I was I was I was already I already threw away the marriage about three to four months in because I saw how my uh, ex wife my wife at the time was acting, and I knew what I saw it was never going to recover. And I'll tell you about it online. But anyhow. Um, uh-huh. What I saw when we, you know, I I, I kind of got past it. Like I never let it go. It just it just destroyed me for four months in. But it took us another six years plus before I ended the relationship. I had to go through whatever I had to go through, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we we lived with my mother for close to a year. Then we moved to Jersey City and we got us a nice apartment in Jersey City. You know, and I, I and, and uh, we had we had money problems, money disagreements that just pissed me off to the nines. Like, I never recovered from that. But anyhow, um, mm-hmm. when I looked at it, we had one area where we were like, we, you, you familiar with uh, with Star Trek? Right? Star Trek yeah, series? Little, yeah, a little bit. So, uh, so um, uh, you, you know, the Earthlings, their main adversary was called the Borg. B-O-R-G. And the Borg, the reason why they were so powerful is because two things. One, they could um, they can read each other's minds. They had a massive collective mental telepathy. Everybody could read and hear what everybody else was saying and thinking and doing. And number two, they could um, inhale, absorb other species, and then add that to their collective consciousness and their knowledge base. They hardly mm-hmm. talk. So they're too busy talking to themselves and each other to actually use words. And so they was able to read each other's minds. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because we had, me and my, my wife, we had one area where we was like the Borg mental telepathy, which was mm-hmm. parenthood. We were perfectly suited as parents. Like, I think in the six and a half years we were together, I think we had three disagreements around parenthood the whole time. And none of them was a real argument. We never argued about raising the kids in six and a half years, man. That was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the only thing we had in common. But when I look back, after starting to be a coach, I look back on that, you know, after my second divorce, I look back and I was like, oh, wait a minute. We had we really like doing together. So one of them was uh, we like hosting um, family gatherings. We like being a host. Come on to our house for Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. Halloween, whatever. We didn't care. Come on. We got it. We love being a host. I was the honeydew guy, and she was the cook, cleaner, you know, chief bottle, chief cook and bottle washer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we just did it together, you know? Christmas right. Eve and Thanksgiving Eve, I would get a little drunk. I've not really ever been a really uh, a drunk, but uh, I get a little drunk and laugh and crack jokes and stuff and, you know, all that stuff. I, we loved doing that together. And then we just loved doing projects together in general. It was really a lot of fun working together um, on something because for some reason we was like on the same page around. Mm-hmm. And if I had known that, I might have been able to use that to make the relationship work better, but I did not know that then. And, and again, I already had ended the relationship about three to four months into the marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I just couldn't recover from that. I, just, I, I couldn't recover from that. That was just too much. Anyhow. Um, I'm bringing this up because I want you to see what y'all naturally already do together and start there and then see what else you can build on. Make sense? 
Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, you know, back, what did we used to do together? I mean, well, I mean, we did some stuff together or whatever, but, I mean, this this might sound a little crazy, but it just seemed like I was happy with him when we were just dating. I don't. I, I don't think. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh God, maybe getting married was just a bad idea. Because when we were just dating, and you know, there wasn't really kids involved like that. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, yeah. it was just me and him able to go out, or my kids weren't with me, or at the time, and they were with the babysitter or whatever, the grandma, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like we just had more fun. You see what I'm saying? Like I had enjoyed myself, but when it got to serious business. Ah, there was some issues, but it wasn't so, so bad until we definitely got back to the States. You know what I mean? So yep. once we got to America. Um, yeah. Right now, I mean, there is nothing in common for us. Like, you know, I keep yep. hearing him even, he has a friend that he talks to on the phone, and she lives in England, and she's like, he calls her high priestess. And I guess I think she's like a Muslim lady or something, but she's like I don't know, maybe in like her sixties or something. Mm. And like he juices the crap out of this lady, and I'm I'm like, mm. you know, I'm and I'm I'm listening to this, and you know, I'm just like I don't even he he yells at her, um, you know, because she's trying to put him on like on the right path. You feel what I'm saying? And yeah. I think I'm under the impression that um she um her daughter he must have used to date her daughter back in the day or something, mm. something. And then maybe she don't want to have really nothing to do much with him because he's married now. So whatever, if he wants to vent, she's probably like, oh, I'll talk to my mom. She's probably a good person to talk to. And then this lady, she's bored herself. You know what I mean? Like you could tell she probably just enjoys just having some conversation with a younger guy, whatever, Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then, you know, he can easily manipulate people. So Mm -hmm. he tells his problems to her. And then, you know, she's like, dang, you know, okay. He doesn't even tell me that, um, you know, she's money-gramming him money. You see what I'm mm. saying? And I'm mm. finding out for my brother. Um, wow. You know what I'm saying? My my brother's telling me. And then, um, you, you see what I'm saying? And, then, you know, yeah. I know my brother's not lying. So Hill, for example, it was a few days ago, he didn't have any money from the last weekend from getting paid last Friday. His check was zero. So I was sitting down giving him ways of what he could do. Let's just straighten everything out. Let's just get him back on track. Because at this point, I'm like, yo, I'm feeling so bad for him. I'm like, no matter what he's done to me, I I just want him to get back on track, whether we're together or not. This is the father of my my two children. You know what I mean? So he never mentioned to me about the 80 bucks. I mean, she wired him $80. He didn't come home that night until about 11, 12 o'clock at night. Okay? And then Mm. after that, that next day, I don't know if it was the next day or the day after, he asked me for money to get to work. Mm. And he got a little small income tax check because we don't follow together or anything like that. And he took, um, you know, he owed me about $100, and it probably owed me $80. He gave me 100 Oh, my God, it broke his heart. He's talking mm. about it like, I didn't even spend the whole 100 And shit, mm. he should have gave me the whole goddamn thing, but I ain't going there with that. Okay, fine. You spent, I found a receipt. It said he spent $160 on a pair of sneakers. And mind you, he only had, at the time he only owed me whatever money, he only had 300 left. 
You spent $160 on a pair of sneakers, and then I see another pair of sneakers charged on there um, from his debit card. And I'm saying, I mean, that broke my heart only because you couldn't even buy your kid a pair of sneakers. You couldn't buy me a pair. Who the hell did you buy a pair of sneakers of? I'm thinking it's his best friend, Kenny. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's making it seem like that's who it was. But, I mean, it could have been for someone else. And I'm saying to myself, but then the next day you're going to ask him for some money? That's why I'm having a hard time with, you know, trying to make everything happily ever because you're doing some, you moving real messed up to me. You, you understand what I'm saying? Why yes. suck me dry when you have money where, you, you know what I'm saying, you, you can, your phone's not on. I mean, what grown man is walking around with a phone? And the only reason why your phone works is when your Wi-Fi is on at the house that I pay for. And just so you can get on the phone and talk a bunch of nonsense to people, you don't go to work hardly and you wonder why your check is saying zero after whatever deductions is taken out from insurance or whatever you got going on. And then you're getting stuff that's saying zero. And then you're cursing me out like it's my fault. You ain't got no deductions that got anything to do with me from your check. You know what I'm saying? You don't give me any money for anything. So I'm kind of having a hard time with trying to even see. I'm Like, I've grown away from him. And I think maybe when I'm looking back at it, I'm thinking maybe it was just a rebound situation because, I, you know what I'm saying, I got to Dominique and did a Stella Got a Groove back or whatever. I mean, I still was dating other people and doing my own thing. And then out of everybody, I'm like, damn, I chose the wrong one or something. But then I'm thinking, why did you choose him? You know, did he manipulate me for me to choose him or something? And I'm like, nah, I ain't that dumb. And, I, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what is it that we like to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm in a ball of, you know, and then, I mean, I'm starting to even, like, um, you know, not talk to other people. Well, I don't even know, right, <laughs> what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I guess the person that he was kind of in competition with at the time, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, we're kind of like here having some conversation. I mean, he texts me every morning, good morning, how I'm doing, make sure I'm good and everything. Because when my husband texts me, good morning, after he's laying on the couch or whatever, it's the only reason why you texting me, good morning, or trying to send me a heart or some type of emoji, is because you want something from me. Mm. Everybody else that's doing whatever, texting me, what's up, is unconditional, like, what's up, because they want to do that, you know what I'm saying, for months or for years. And yeah. the only time you're texting me something is when you want something for me. But in the next day when you're mad at me, you ain't going to text me nothing. You ain't going to even tell me good morning. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling some kind of way. That's why I, I knew that when you told me with this program, it's either going to be one or two things, like we're going to get it together and make it work, or this information is going to be good for me to, you know, apply to the next, you know, relationship I ever, ever have. And then that'd just be that. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah, but he's moving real funny, real sloppy, and just, yeah. He don't even know how to respect the friend that I was calling the high priestess on the phone. Like, he'd just be yelling at her, talking about, you're not talking about money. You're ta- not talking about business. You just want to talk about me going back to school and education. I don't want to hear that. I only want to talk about what, you know, I want to talk about. And I'm just like, and that fool, for the second time, she still sent him more money, and she still mm. picks up the phone and let him yell at her and curse her out and stuff like that. I'm like, dang, it sounds like y'all got something more going on, but, I mean, I know it's not. I'm like, you don't even know how to respect women. You don't know how to respect your elders. Like, that's, you know, that's a shame. Like, that's that's a turnoff for me. 
I don't oh, even yeah. care who he talks to on the phone anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm like in this non-caring thing, you know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. I'm ear hustling to make sure I'm not being taken advantage of anything, you know? Like, if I'm cooking dinner, yeah, I'm going to leave your plate. But it's like at this point, I don't even have nothing else to really say to this person anymore. Because mm-hmm. I keep arguing, we keep arguing about the same thing, and it's to the point I'm not even the one that's starting to argue. I'm sitting there minding my business, and you're coming bringing your nonsense to me. And I'm like, we discussed this over and over again. You don't remember anything, and you don't care to remember. You're only remembering things that you've done for me, you know, eight years ago that I paid you back 50 million times over. You know what I mean? So I'm like, good luck with the green card that you basically hustled from me and have a nice life. That's how I'm feeling at this point right now, Tony. I'm just being really honestly recorded or not. That's just what it is. I got it. Yeah. Well, here's what I, I got to say. Here's, here's what I got to say. So I want you to listen to this session. Have this be the number one session you listen to, and then let it, if you're going to listen to this, let it help tell you what other lessons to listen to. But let this be the main one, you know what I mean? Because um, so I want I want you to let this be the session that teaches you how to do what works. Um and where to look. Because right now, what you're dealing with is the breakdowns and the emotions. That's the, that's the biggest stuff. Yeah, communication is, a, is an outburst of it. Gender difference is a, is a, is a result of, uh, you know, being on this. It's like secondary impact to making sure things are working and making sure that, you know, your emotions, the space in between called the relationship is like horrible right now, right? So focus on that. But Here's why I want you to focus on it, not because of anything other than for you to get better at being a relationship partner. Let the breakdown teach you how to do that. So, and then here's what will happen. You'll either eventually keep up or you'll eventually leave and be better prepared for the next guy. And I'm not saying you want to do that, but you want to be treat everything the way you saw, you know, because I got that you really got what I said about, um, you know, communicating. So have him, like, train you to be a great communicator rather than get mad at him for sucking at it or not taking yeah. care of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let, <laughs> yep. let, you know, let your whole, everything about the relationship teach you how to be a better relationship partner and how to do relations better rather than getting mad at him for not, you know, for him being the asshole that he is or whatever you call it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be right about that, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> All right, so uh, let him teach you how to do relations better. Let him teach you how to communicate better. And uh, that's what I got to say about that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you want to say in completion? Because um, I, no. I got like one or two things. But, uh, yeah, so I acknowledge you for being awesome in taking this training seriously. Like, you've been a beast about this, like, you know, you have given your best to understanding it and how to apply it. And uh, I can see your heart is open for wanting to make this happen, regardless of whether you're unhappy or happy in your relationship. You're like, listen, I got to, you take it as seriously. You could see and hear what's going on um, about it because this, this program is not for everybody. For people who, there's, there's, three, there's three different developmental stages. I think I said this to you before. There's knowing how to get somebody. There's knowing how to keep somebody. And then it's knowing how to choose to write somebody, right? And this program is for people people who know how to get and keep somebody, but know how to choose to write somebody, and then know how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So 
um, you know, so what I'm saying, you was completely able to get what I was saying, even if you didn't know what it was before I said it. Like, you could recognize it and connect to it. So you're at the stage where you could apply it. It just makes sense for you. You know what I mean? And so right. I, loved, I loved your hunger and your commitment to making this work, you know? So I want to let you know that, um, you know, my, my admiration for you uh, around this. Mm, you was a, a great student. I also uh, acknowledge you for being someone who's responsible for dealing with other uh, independent entrepreneurs because you were treating me the way you would want somebody to treat you, and I, I really got that, and I really appreciate that because most folks don't know how to do that, or, or if they do, they don't think about it. They're too busy worried about their money uh, rather than, you know, honoring, you know, the type of uh, person that they are and their commitment, you know? Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, appreciative of that. Um, and then, you know, third, I'm, I'm, I acknowledge you for wanting to bring your family into this to take care of them, like having me be somebody who can and, 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 you know, hopefully will down the road take care of your family because, you know, you can see the value of it. It's like you're acknowledging me. I feel like I feel like a winner with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, no and, yeah. The men's number one goal or desire, I should say, is to be successful and experience being successful. So, you know, thank you for, um, you know, helping me uh, be better as a trainer, coach, and all that other stuff. So that's, that's what um, I have for you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You know, I wish I, I want to even, I have really more to give. That's why I need to get myself into another zone of just not all this extra stuff pulling, pull, like a heavy weight pulling me down because I have a lot to really offer. This is just, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm ready to do, make a move and do something like a, you know, I want to be a beast at what I have to do and what I have to offer. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is um, all these people that's trying to drag me down and all this other extra stuff that's going on. It's just not even necessary. It has to stop. And I am the one that is in control of my own destiny, and I have to make sure that I um, let that stop. And I know that. So that's why I'm like, i got to make a change in my life and really be careful who's around me. And um, that's what I'm working on right now. So yep. I can't no longer do this anymore. I <laughs> uh, got it. All right, so I'm going to end the recording yes. right now, and uh, we can talk a few minutes offline. Hold on. Okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.